ARE Study Guide Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the ARE Study Guide Podcast. This episode marks a transition point for us as we start to dive into the practice management exam. So depending on where you're at in your test-taking journey, this might be your starting place. If so, welcome. If you've been following along from the beginning, this will be the fifth division we have covered. We were supposed to dive in to project development documentation, not to bring up a sore subject, but I did not pass that exam yet. I have that scheduled for later this year, and once I pass it, fingers crossed, I will dive back into that exam. I had originally planned on practice management being my last exam, and when I set that intention about a year ago, I thought practice management was going to be the easiest exam on the test. In my experience, that wasn't actually true, so I took programming and analysis, project planning and design, which there was a lot of overlap with those two, very similar tests. And then I took project development documentation, which was a whole other league, so much harder than project planning and design for me. And then I went and took construction and evaluation and project management. And I thought those two tests were much easier And looking back, I think what made those easy was because I felt that you could actually really study for those tests. Those tests were really based on the materials I had read. Then when I went to take practice management, there wasn't that much reading for this test. As always, I'm going to consult the ARE handbook to check, but, but for this test, it was the Code of Ethics and professional conduct that the AIA releases, the Architect's Handbook of Professional Practice, Law for Architects, What You Need to Know, by Robert Herman, Legislative Guidelines and Model Law slash Model Regulations, by NCARB, Model Rules of Conduct, by NCARB, Professional Practice, by Paul Siegel, and two contracts, the B101 and the C401. And except for the Architect's Handbook of Professional Practice, these are actually really small documents. I didn't read the Law for Architects, what you need to know. I wanted to, and I forget why I didn't read that. I might have ran out of time. Let me preface with saying I didn't give myself that much time before I took the practice management exam. Or I guess on paper, it looked like I had a lot of time. I had one month from the time I took project management, except I have gotten really, really busy doing freelance work, so I didn't actually have that much time to study. So I I read all of these except for the law for architects, and considering I'm saying that I thought this exam was challenging, I would probably recommend reading that book. And for this exam, the Architect's Handbook of Professional Practice is absolutely vital. It is really big, though. So... I'm struggling to figure out how to tell you to tackle that book. All right, so with every test I take, I always look at the ARE 5.0 handbook 
and break down my study notes by the objective. And you can dissect what each objective says. And then if you're limited on time, search for the specific terms that are in that objective. Typically, I do love having the printed copy of books, but when studying, PDFs are great. So buy the PDF copy. You can rent the PDF copy and then you can highlight, uh, try to find an app or a rental source that saves your notes in one place. I used the Kindle app and that way after I read the Architects Handbook of Professional Practice, when I went to go study, I just read my notes. And so when you highlight, don't just highlight one word, highlight the sentence with the context. So when you go back to study, you understand what that's about without having to go back to that page. Okay. So giant book, what I would do if you're limited on time is look at the objectives and then search that PDF for the specific terms that the objective outlines. let's break it down. The practice management exam has 65 questions. Only 59 of them will be graded. That fact doesn't actually matter. That's just if you're into logistics, you can know that six of the questions on the test are sample questions that they're testing to see if they should use on future exams. The only benefit in knowing that, I think, is if you see a particularly weird question, for me, I tell myself, on the test. Oh, that's probably a test question because that question is terrible. I don't know if that's true. Obviously there's no way to know, but it kind of gives me peace of mind. So if you see like one or two questions that you really hate on the test, just know you might not get graded on that. They could just be trying that question out. 10 to 14 of the questions on the practice management exam are case study questions and they're two case studies. Basically, a case study is just a set of questions that share a set of documents. People on online forums are so hung up on the case studies. And maybe I do them wrong, but they, for me, they don't take any longer than any other question on the test. You have to search documents sometimes, not even all the time with the case studies. Sometimes they'll just ask you a question that's related to the type of project the case study is referring to. I wouldn't get too hung up on the concept of a case study. Um, One thing that I found really helpful for this practice management exam was to use the search feature on the case study. And in hindsight, I wish I would have realized to do that much sooner, but I really utilized that for the practice management exam. So uh, let's say you're trying to figure out who to staff for this project. We'll search within the case study for the word staff or staffing, and they're going to probably have um, some sort of spreadsheet or matrix with all of their staff members' names for this hypothetical project uh, and their roles. So instead of looking through the five PDFs they might give you, you can just look for the word staff And it'll take you right to that spot. So use the search feature. I hope that makes sense. It's just like control F or 
the find feature on any PDF. You can do that with a case study document. Very, very, very helpful. Another thing is think of using synonyms. So for example, let's say they ask a question about illumination. And this wouldn't be relevant to practice management probably, but just for an example, let's say, what should the desired illumination level be? And you put in the word illumination in the case study to search, and it says none of the documents use that word. Well, you could also search for light or lighting. I don't know, similar words to illumination. And I bet you would find something in there if you did that. So if you search a term and nothing comes up, think about similar words, and that might help you find your answer. Okay, so 65 questions. They're broken down into four topics. Section one, business operations, and that's going to be 20 to 26% of your test. Section two is finances, risk, and development of practice. That's going to be 29 to 35% of the test. Section three is practice-wide delivery of services, 22 to 28% of your test. Section four is practice methodologies, and that's going to be 17 to 23% of the test. The primary objectives of this test are, again, always per the ARI handbook, it says this division will assess objectives related to the management of architectural practice, including professional ethics, fiduciary responsibilities, and the regulations governing the practice of architecture. This division will focus on the issues related to pre-contract tasks, including, all right, pause real quick, pre-contract tasks, practice management, everything the architect does, before they sign a contract with a client. So this means the internal management of their company and everything they think of before they sign a contract. So that includes the negotiation, human resource management, and consultant development. Candidates must demonstrate an understanding of and abilities in business structure, business development, and asset development and production. So... It's about applying competent delivery of professional services, applying the laws and regulations of architectural practice, and evaluating legal, ethical, and contractual standards in the performance of architectural tasks. So what does that all actually mean? Some of the biggest things that this exam is going to have you do are selecting staff members for a particular project, Understanding utilization rates and projected fee calculations. So this test is going to have a lot of math. So you're going to need to be able to do the calculations that architecture firms must do to properly evaluate their business strategies. On this test, uh, one of the biggest things for me was double-checking my math. And the whiteboard on this test really helps at least me with that, because I don't erase anything. So I can go back and when I'm, when I flag a question, I can go back to that question and then go back to my whiteboard and 
right next to the original equation I did, I can redo all the math and see if I get the same answer. Another note, I don't know if this is going to be helpful for anyone else, but for me, I flag like half of the questions on every test I take. If in any way I'm not 100% sure, that question gets a flag. I don't sit there and stare at a question until I'm confident in my decision. I make a decision as quickly as possible and mark it and move on. I don't focus on something too long. And so I have never had an issue finishing a test. I'm just guessing that other people might have timing issues if you're sitting with a question, trying to get it right, and you won't move on until you are confident that the answer is correct. As soon as one of the choices makes the most sense to me, I click it, flag it, move on. So I usually think I have like about an hour. Um, it depends how long the test is, but practice management's a shorter one. So maybe I had like half an hour, 45 minutes to go back and look at all the questions I marked. And then after you take the whole test, everything kind of feels more familiar because a lot of these tests, they're talking about the same things kind of over and over again. So you kind of have a better grasp. And after you've answered all the questions, you'll hopefully have a little more confidence knowing like, okay, I, I know that I answered a lot of these questions, right? So you can go back and not be as terrified of one particular question. So for me, if the question ever involves math, it gets flagged. And then that way I know I want to go double check my math. Almost always. I, I can't think of even a simple problem. I think I would flag it so I could double check math. Because what a dumb reason to miss a question. Because you did bad math? No, 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 no. Flag it. Double check it. Make sure that even if it seems like simple math, that you did it right. In regards to math for this exam, practice management, make sure you know how to work with percentages. It doesn't hurt to practice. Go to like Khan Academy or maybe even just YouTube and just do a quick refresher on calculating percentages, working with percentages. That will definitely be a value to you when you take this test. Other big things, business structures, uh, LLC, C-Corp, S-Corp, really know what those mean. I kind of knew what those meant for this test. Really, really understand business structures, project delivery methods, the roles of your architectural staff. When it says project manager as someone's title, what do they actually do? When it says project architect, what, what are those actual roles? So you have a project something comes up, which staff member is responsible? Definitely. Um, I bet that is going to be in the architect's handbook of professional practice. Find that section, learn that section. That is so crucial for this test. All right. So let's get started. Shall we? 
let's dive into the topics related to practice management. See you on the other side.